Hello and welcome to the Midlife Manifesto podcast. My name's Leslie Ellis and this is the show where through the stories of my wonderful friends, we celebrate and commiserate, we share the ups and the downs and the challenges and opportunities that midlife brings. Today on the podcast, we have my lovely and hilarious friend, Karen Dawes. Hello, Karen. Hello, Leslie. Now, Karen recently um, won our Cycling Clubs Award for Queen of Drama. Uh, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I would have been bitterly disappointed not to have won that award. Yeah, there's no no surprise there. None none whatsoever. Absolutely (laughs) zero. In fact, I might have even voted for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Karen is the comedian of our cycling club um, and she's a very multi-talented podiatrist by day, singer by night. um, And she's here to talk about sort of an unexpected event that happened in midlife. Oh Oh boy, was it. I know. So before we sort of talk about that, Karen, yep. what I always like to do on the podcast is to share how we know each other. Mm-hmm. So I've probably given it away a bit. Possibly. <laughs> Two wheels. Two wheels. Yep, that's the one. That's and it. a drink at the end. Always. And cake in the middle. Cake in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm only ever there for the cake. <laughs> So my first ever ride with the Queensbury Queens of the Mountain, bearing in mind I'd only ever like cycled five miles before, uh, Karen was actually on that ride and I'm panicking, thinking everybody's going to be like super fit and athletic and Karen went, don't you worry, I'm always at the back when we go up a hill. I'm always the fat lass at the back. (laughs) Always the fat lass at the back. I love being the fat lass at the back. It's my favourite place to be. I don't think you were, I think I were at the back that day. I was with you. Yeah, we were together. Absolutely. At the back. Absolutely. But it did make me feel so much better that I wasn't suddenly joining this elite group of athletes and we're just normal women going up a hill. We absolutely are. Eating cake. We are. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so we've been on a few adventures together uh, in our, on two wheels. We have. Mm. Many an adventure, many a giggle. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good fun. It is. So, Karen... Tell us about this thing that happened to you in midlife. The most unexpected thing happened in midlife. My parents separated on my father's 70th birthday. His birthday? Actually on my father's 70th birthday. My my mum left. (gasps) So, wow, whole world thrown upside down. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sat with my jaw. Literally sat with your mouth right. open. Yeah, yeah. On my father's 70th birthday, my mum decided that that was that and she left. So after how many years of marriage were that? I think I'm right in saying they were 19 and 21 when they got married. And so when she left, he was 70 and she was 68. Oh my God. Yeah. That's just... So... Why? Yeah, that's a really good question. That's that's a that's a brilliant question. And and my very good cousin Catherine said to me, Karen, you need to write a book. There's a book out there about how to deal with your parents' divorce, mm. subsequent separation and divorce when when you're in midlife, the, the the silver divorce as they call it. And it's not that uncommon. Is it? Not N- not that uncommon at all when you actually scratch the surface. I think it's something that's probably very much swept under the carpet. Right. Really, does anybody want to be seen to be failing, in inverted commas, at that stage of their life? Um, so I don't think it's something that families really talk about, but actually is out there. And I think what's really important for me to say at this point is 
The reasons why my parents separated is not my story to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The effect that separation had on me and mine is my story to tell, and I'm allowed to tell it. Absolutely. So with regards to what happened, I've heard my mum's side of the story, and I'd heard my father's side of the story, and I guess somewhere in between them is the truth. Mm. Mm. As in every breakup, there's different perspectives. The ends of relationship are destructive, mm. um, and it it had got to a place where for my mum it was it was untenable. My dad, I think, was more shocked than anybody because I don't think my dad saw it coming. Right. But I think what the rest of us had done. I have a brother. It's just my brother David and I. Um, I think what David and I, and as a family, as we'd done, is of course they had their fallouts when we were kids. Of course they had the the challenges when we were teenagers. Of course they'd had their their changes in life when David and I both got married and left home, and 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 they their pockets of time to themselves. And I think my mum very much gave the whole thing a lot of thought. And what what was it she wanted? You know, my mum is quite a formidable character, and you know. She, she, if she taught me nothing else, she taught me resilience. Mm. And I think she just had got to the stage where she thought, "I'm really, I'm entering into the winter of my life, and this is not what I want." Right. So it's almost like a lot of women are doing this in midlife, aren't they? Are. they? You know, you're reflecting back, you're looking at what you've yeah. got ahead, and you're, yeah. you're reassessing things, yeah. redirecting. Yeah. And I think also, my first marriage broke down, and I spent a number of years on my own. And I were fine, right? I were just fine. Yeah, I was. You know, I was. I, I would. I was arguably good at it because I don't doubt that, Karen. No, well, you know what? You you can cry if you want, but you know, I I had my daughter was two. Alex was two year old, and cry if you want to feed that baby. Mm. Cry if you want, but you know what? Put, keep the roof over your head. Well, what was I going to do? It was sink or swim. So, with my parents' help and guidance, and my brother as well, and my wonderful sister in law Sarah, we you know we, we we picked ourselves up we we dusted ourselves down and we carried on and i think what i i do actually honestly think the part of her looked and thought i can do that mm. that actually do you know what as shocking as that was because my father never got over my, my divorce at all but as shocking as that was, I think my mum actually, it gave my mum a little bit of an insight and a little bit of strength that she didn't actually have to do this and actually it could be okay. Right. And do you know what? We were adults. Mm. I was in my late 40s. My brother was in his early 50s. And our, the, the, the grandchildren were all teenagers and going off to university. And I think she thought, it's my turn. Fair enough. There is an element of fair enough, but there's also, there's also an element of what the actual fuck mother... <laughs> Really? Because the whole family dynamic massively changed. It, I can't even imagine. Well, can you imagine now being in a situation where you've always had Christmases as you've done? You you go into rhythms, you go into patterns, you do this at Easter, there's there's Mother's Day, there's Father's Day, there's Christmas Day, there's birthdays, there's anniversaries, there's all the children's birthdays and, and extended families and everything that goes with that. And dropping that pebble into that river, the ripples of that going out were many and varied because if there's one thing I wished I'd have done, this is with the power of hindsight, isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't it? But if there's one thing that I really wished I'd done and said to my parents right back in the very beginning was, I get it, 
I don't necessarily understand it, but it is what it is. It's fine. The processing is mine to deal with and I'll deal with that. But you have to find some common ground and be in the same house. Mm. And that was the sticking point because my mother refused to be in the same room as my dad. Uh, see, yeah. dear, so you talk about these ripples and talk me through what were those ripples? I think that the, 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 the dynamic, the, the, the whole dynamic of our entire families changed. My father was born in 1939, in August 1939, and was war broke out in September 1939. I think my facts are right. Please check that before you put it out there. <laughs> but I think that's right. And my granddad went away to, work, went away to war, as was the time that yeah, that's what's yeah. happening at that time. My dad had my grandma, his eldest sister, my Auntie Stella, his other eldest sister, my Auntie Leah, and then the little old lady next door, Aunt Sarah Jane, Four women running round after him for the first seven <laughs> years of his life. The yeah. most formative years of my father's life, he had four women running round after him. Mm. He and says, no real like male role No model. male role models at all. And he says he vividly remembers his dad, my granddad, walking up the road and my grandma saying to my dad, go and get your auntie, go and get your Leah, your dad's home. And my dad says he remembers this man walking up, walking up the road, walking up the up the street with his big army coat over his arm, carrying this little bag, and thinking, "Yeah, I don't think me and you are going to get on." <gasps> really? Didn't, didn't like him. Oh my goodness! Because his dynamic changed, didn't it? Of course. So I didn't completely. like completely. Yeah, completely didn't like it. Did did not like him being home at all. Right. So that gives you an idea of of my dad's most formative years. Yeah. He adored my mum. Absolutely adored my mum, without a doubt. I mean, the, one of the funny stories that, that 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 makes me laugh is, I remember saying to my mum, how did my dad ask you to marry him? And she said, he asked me whether or not I'd like a ring or a watch. Now, my mum was a middle one of 11. Right. Good Lord. Yeah. So there was all sorts going on there, mm, as you can mm. imagine. So somebody's the funny one, somebody's the clever one, somebody's the... Somebody, you've got to find your niche in those 11, haven't you? you must She's never going to be the oldest... She's never going to be the baby. She's just always the one in the middle. There's a poem about the one in the middle is me. So can you imagine these two getting together? Can you imagine the sparks that flew? Because because my dad, to a degree, hashtag could have done better in a lot of aspects of his life. But he may not have been a good husband, but he was a good dad. Yeah, yeah. So my mum had every right to make the decision she made. My mum had every right to leave and do what she was. She had every right to come out of what she perceived as being an unhappy marriage. But my dad didn't have to be bad. So do you think that she kind of made him yeah. bad to kind of assuage yeah. her guilt? Without for... a doubt. Because yeah. who, who, who actually wants to be the one who breaks up that family unit? Yeah. So there had to be a series of events. Mm-hmm. So there was a series of events and then boom, and now you see, it's not my fault. Ta-da! Yeah. So all of that, like I say, is not mine to talk about, but that gives you an idea of what was going on. So it was it was a rocky four or five years before they actually separated. But at no point do you actually really believe that's going to happen. Not not, not when they've been together all You'd those years. You'd think by that point, could you be bothered? I, wouldn't I just, you? No. Yeah, could you actually be bothered? Just, Absolutely let's not. just get on with it. No, she. I think she just grabbed life. Yeah. But you see, my mum retired at 55. My dad didn't retire till 63, 64. And in that time, my mum... Um, joined a bowling club. My mum swims every single day. My mum joined a walking club. My mum went to the theatre. My mum and my dad just got up and went to work. Yeah. 
Mm. And I think she was really frustrated with it. But I used to say, I remember my dad saying to me, she'd been left about three or four months and he was drowning in oceans of loneliness. He sat every day waiting for her to walk through the back door. Aww. Every single day. And that broke my that heart. That must be hard for you. That was absolutely heartbreaking. And he's going, have you seen your mum? And I'm like, yeah. Is she all right? Yeah. She's swimming, she's bowling, she's tai chi and she's, she's, she's having a great time. <laughs> but how can you actually say that to him? Because he's, he's, do you think she might come home? She might come home tomorrow, love, might she? I don't know, Dad. How are you? Uh... So that was one of the ripples. That was so hard to be... For me, it was, it, it was, it was difficult to, to, to process and balance that in my life because I'm the kind of person who actually needs time to process things. And it was it was immediately thrust upon us, and then it was immediately you'll have to get on with it, right? So, and it came as such a shock, really, yeah. yeah. That you I, didn't have. I mean, what do you do? How, do, how you do you start to process that, Karen? Well, I, I remember when when she told us by text, by text, yeah, okay. <laughs> I act- can't say she's not modern. Exactly, I actually laid down on the settee and started crying. I still was a lost child when that actually happened. So all of my emotions and all of my feelings, I felt incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. Bizarrely. I was I was now in an, in an incredibly loving relationship with an amazing man who I'm now married to. And Ian was, you're not really surprised, are you? And do you think your David's laid on the settee crying? And I think I think what actually I was doing at that point, apart from it, amongst everything else, was because Mum's so strong and so formidable. I knew she would forge forward, yeah. and we would all just have to get on it and hang on her coattails, uh-huh. and and that would just absolutely have to happen. And I knew that my dad would crumble. Mm. I knew that my dad just would not cope. Yeah. So you were in a way at that point. You were grieving for your. I'd lost my past. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You've yeah. lost it. It's gone. I had. It, it, it had all changed. So everything I felt about my childhood, and everything I felt about my teenage years, and everything I felt about my twenties and my thirties, with this this rock of of your parents as they do, sat there holding and supporting you when. When I was a single parent, when I stepped away from my job in the bank, my parents said, not a problem. How can we help? You know, all of that. Yeah. Just like the foundation, the of, foundation everything of everything. That everything that's built yes, up. Yes, yeah. was changed. Yeah. Literally was, was altered and changed. And it sounds like, oh, woe is me. You know, I want a seven-year-old that was being battered between two parents on a regular basis. They, they really, my mum just literally just cut off contact with my dad. Just do, do, did not see him a day again. That was it. My father's now passed away, but he she never she never saw him again. So part of you was grieving not just for that kind of life's been a lie almost and that foundation shaken, but you were grieving for your dad. I was. Mm. I was because I knew he wouldn't cope. I knew my mum would cope in her own way and I knew that my dad wouldn't cope. And rather selfishly, what it did is it took me right back to my own divorce. Right. And maybe that was an, also an element of what was going on was that I knew that they were actually going to have to... I knew the stages of this, and yeah. I knew that they were going to have to go through all of those stages. And I knew 
that my mum was going to bat on regardless and I knew that my dad was just not going to cope. And my brother's living 350 mile away. Right. And so doing his best. Yeah. But you so really, you were alone in dealing with this. I was very much alone physically, but I actually, I wasn't alone at all. My sister-in-law, Sarah, amazing. My brother, just dealing with it in his own way. And my brother's an incredibly successful man. And he deals with every aspect of everything with by removing all the emotion. So David's, <laughs> David's dealing with cold hard fact. That's my that how my husband deals with yeah, everything like that. Absolutely. Black and white. Yeah. So he mm. said to me when I was coming undone, um, one particular time, he said to me, Oh, for crying out loud, Kaz, when are you gonna realise that they're just two people? Just stop looking at them as mum and dad. Right. Oh. But he's, he wasn't wrong. It, what he was saying to me effectively was, for fuck's sake, grow up. Yeah. Grow up. Yeah. I see that. Get it yeah, grow up. Mm. You're, you're in your late 40s with grown-up children why are you crying on Seti? honestly Kaz just, it, it is where it is let, let them crack on let them get on with it <laughs> well voice of reason exactly <laughs> so and, how, how how did it affect your kids because my, my kids are teenagers they are so close to their grandmas and they form that secondary foundation don't they they do very much so when i was on my own with my daughter i was on my own for seven years with her um my parents did the school run i'd get up in the morning um daft o'clock get alex up daft o'clock um and then she would be dropped at my parents at seven o'clock in the morning my dad met me every day at the back door where i handed her over and she went in she had her breakfast my mum got up they had lovely breakfast television time and then my mum walked her to school and they did all that lovely chatting on the way to school and then yeah. she went into school. She came out of school and grandma and granddad picked her up. This was every day. Right. Grandma and granddad picked her up, took her back home where they made tea and I pulled off the motorway at six o'clock at night, pulled into my parents' house at quarter past six at night, picked her up. She'd been fed and took her home, bathed her. We had you know an hour and a half and she went to bed mm-hmm. and that went on for years so her so her relationship with her parent with my with her grandparents was very very close they they very much helped me bring her up my daughter's a chip off the old block so she's 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 you know she's my mum she's me she's got thoughts and she's got opinions and um well that does surprise me <laughs> no, no shrinking violets in our house um angry Confused, um, disbelieving, unable to process, very able to process, very sure of how she thinks and feels about the whole situation one day, very confused about how she feels about mm. it another day. So I'm dealing with that as well. So, yeah, my daughter's relationship with her grandparents, they were heavily involved in the bringing up of her, certainly in her primary school years. And I think to a degree with my mum's timing when I think about it, my nephew Jonathan, my niece Victoria, my daughter Alex, they were all teenagers going into university time. Right. There was nothing to keep her there. What was she going to do? Look after this man who'd had four women running around after him all his life. Yeah, she wasn't doing that. So did she, do you think she... This is my take on it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think she kind of did it at a time when it was going to cause the least disruption to everyone else that's a good question 
my honest answer is I don't know. I think... I have said to her before today, was it really that bad? Mm. You know, when I think back, of course you had your fighting fallouts, but show me a couple that don't. I remember great times. I remember hours of Monopoly, great times in our caravan, howling, laughing around the kitchen table. Uh, you know, lots and lots of family events, lots and lots of things going on. We had some very good neighbours um, spending weekends with, with, with the neighbours and, the, and their two boys. Was it really that bad, Mum? And she mm. said, well, I protected you from a lot. Well, because you do. Yeah, you do, you? yeah, yeah. And course. she said, and what was I going to do, Karen? Where was I going to go? Where was I going to... I had two children. I had no job. Women didn't work in those days. And then the grandchildren came along. And you know what? She loved being a grandma. I can yeah. remember walking through the back door. And there was stuff... I'm tripping over Lego. I'm standing on Lego. I'm tripping over toys and all the rest of it. And she's got all three grandchildren. So, <laughs> so Victoria is literally a baby in arms. Alex is a toddler. And Jonathan's not quite a skill yet, but he's completely honestly in, in charge. Their house is wrecked. Mm. And I remember thinking, it wasn't like this when we were kids. We weren't allowed to. <laughs> That's always the case, <laughs> Exactly. And she was like a ping in mug. And she just absolutely loved it. So maybe, maybe... Nothing, there was nothing left. Yeah. She fulfilled her role. Yeah, she yeah. had. Yeah. She ticked all the boxes. She'd fulfilled her role. And what was left? I guess it's... I guess it's kind of sort of easy to understand when you describe it like that because we're talking about midlife so yeah. um and, and you and i we have a lot to talk about about midlife and what our thoughts are yeah. on that um but a lot of women come to midlife the point where their children are independent and yeah. you know all this is going on and they reevaluate their life they look at where they've been they look at where they're going and then they make changes which is what i'm finding uh, through through this podcast, through my friends, through talking to others, that this midlife is this pivotal moment. Perhaps your mum just missed the boat. Yeah, she did. And this but, is her delayed midlife change. Without a doubt. Yeah. Overnight, they both changed. Yeah. Everything literally changed overnight. And... Uh, you went. I ended up becoming dad's carer because dad was became very poorly at the end. Um, in so much as you know, all his chemo, his, his radiotherapy, and all that kind of thing. You know, I was I I was going and I was taking. So the the whole dynamic. My dad went from being a man who'd never ever let me down to an old man who needed looking after, and it was and it was fine. It really wasn't a problem. He was my dad for crying out loud. Of course, I'm going to look after. But it was. It happened suddenly rather than... Yeah, it, it did. It, it, it literally happened overnight. And I found myself doing things. So one of the ripples, I found myself doing things for my dad that I never, ever imagined I'd have to. Mm. I found my thing, myself doing things with my dad that I never imagined I'd have to. I found myself having conversations with my dad that were so incredibly painful oh. um, to have with him and to hear and to listen and you know it, it was it was difficult to watch and it was difficult to witness so i'm um i'm interested in your thoughts so you've you've coined this like sandwich generation phrase and i really i really i've clicked onto that i really like it and i think that's one of the reasons that i started this podcast because we are in quite a unique position so we've got you know we might be we've got elderly parents that need caring for we've yeah. got 
teenagers that are doing our head in. We've yeah. got, you know... Teenagers, got... they are not going to leave. We're going to have to have beds, rooms at home for our, for our kids till they're 25, 30. <laughs> if you think about it, they don't leave school till they're 21. No. Most of them are staying on to get a master's, that's 22. Mm. And then they've got to get their deposit together. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at a minimum of 25 before they're moving out. I, I'm feeling quite happy about that you right would. now. You because, abs- yeah. You know, I, I, am, I am on that kind of sharp edge of empty nest syndrome. Yes. So my kids have really only just gone, Caitlin and Freya, kind of, it almost feels like they went at the same time, although yes. they didn't. Yeah. Harvey suddenly turned 16 and from being my cute little gorgeous, you know, mummy's boy, yeah. he's turned into this kind of... Teenager. Well, yeah. Young man. <laughs> Monosyllabic. Yeah. He's, um, he likes girls much better than he likes to cuddle his mum yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know, he, um, he's like five foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> he's got I a re- deep voice. I'm like, what? And it's all Absolutely. at once. I remember being in a situation and I remember not being able to sleep one night and getting up and writing Alex an, an open letter. Maybe I should, I should read it to her one day. And I remember thinking, I'm going to miss the fact that you, the shampoo bottle, you never put the lid on the shampoo bottle and it's all dripped all over the bathroom cabinet, <laughs> all over the, the all over the, the shower. The, the, I want you to be independent. You want to leave home. I'm I'm happy that you're happy to to go. I'm happy because you're happy. You want to go. You're leaving home. She bought her own house and she and she left. But just let me just I'll just make you a sandwich before you go. Yeah. It was like it was it was. I know I've got to let her go. It it, it it's. Wings to fly. Yeah, What's the positive yeah. Of it? It's wings to fly, and you can fly, and and you need to fly, but not just yet. Uh, that's that's how I feel. I'm, I I feel like I, that. I'm, I'm not so quite ready for happy. you to go yet. Actually. Yeah, it's really. I'm not really okay with this. Yeah, that's it's how so I hard. feel. Yeah. It's it's a really it's conflicted a, it's, feeling because you're watching your children grab like wings and yep. fly. Yep. Um, but you, it's also you've got that sadness you and have. almost grief that I felt that they've gone that stage of your life is over yeah yeah, yeah. it's real oh karen i'm gonna cry <laughs> no i honestly I, I i find myself talking to people in the supermarket who got a baby i was like i was we ian and i were out in a cafe fairly recently and the, the couple next to us were trying to eat but the, the baby was whittering and in and i was i was like in the end he said to me just talk to them and i went shall i take the baby <laughs> give me the baby while you while you while you eat while you I, i'll just just I'm like that with dogs. And she, and she was like, oh yeah, and she was like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I bet she did. I bet she did. a meal. Um, so yeah, it's a very difficult place to go. So 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 relaying back that that back to mum and the situation we were in, she ticked. Yes, she ticked all those boxes. Yeah. And what she wanted out of life was what she now wanted. Yeah. And she'd said, to, I know she'd said to me dad because I remember saying to me dad, my mum wants you to go walking with her. She wants you to go and join that walking club. Go walking. What do I need to go walking for? I've got two motors outside. Not helpful, Dad. <laughs> not not helpful. Mm. So it's almost like the lives diverged Completely. at that, that late stage. Yeah. Mm. I and I think the glue that kept it all together was the children and the grandchildren, as is often the case. Yeah. And I think many many people go through this. You know, you 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 you're left with what's left. And and is this actually what I want? Do I know this man anymore? Do I know this woman anymore? Who is this person sat opposite me? Yeah. We, the 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 mortgage is paid the bills are paid the the children we've, we've raised our children we've paid our taxes we've done everything that we're supposed to do is this it yeah yeah and 70 is still young i suppose now it is yeah. you are not classed yeah. as elderly on the nhs unless you are 90 plus really yes oh my so goodness. 70 is still young 
She right. she was only at the back end of the autumn of her life, and she'd all winter to go. And she won't leave. She won't sitting and looking after this man who wanted to do nothing more than get up and watch television and watch the racing and then go to club. Yeah. Well, well, and and, but from his perspective, the confusion for him was, well, that's been fine for years. Yeah, I can see that as well. What has changed? And I remember mm. saying to him, he said, I thought me and your mother were all right. I said, well, when was the last time you asked her? Karen, you've sort of, it's been a while, you've processed it. Mm-hmm. You've moved on. Mm. Um, reflecting back on it now, do you think your mum is is happier than perhaps she would have been had she stayed that's a good question and i think it's one that i don't i don't think i'll ever really know the answer to because uh, she didn't stay thank you so much for coming it's on it's not a problem at all it. it was an absolute pleasure thank you for asking me <laughs> i want to just for the next couple of minutes just talk to you about your idea about middle age so oh wow one expecting that. Right, ah, okay. <laughs> well, so middle age. What do you define middle age as? How are you? How are you approaching middle age? Let's go. <laughs> it's time. Power turn. Children are growing up. There's now a tenner left at the end of every month. And that's as not a... that's not going your knickers. Not no, that kind of tenner. No, not that kind of tenner. No. Although, do you know what? Don't knock it till you tried it, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. There's there's. Things are financially easier. Children are well. Children are good. Um, I'm in a, I'm in the unique position of 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 going into a relationship with this wonderful man Ian, and from day one there were four of us, because yeah. there was his son, is his son Cole, yeah, yeah. my stepson Cole, and my daughter Alex, and we were immediately a family, a family with a four year old and a family with a nine year old. That's what we started off with. So now Cole's at university, Alex has moved out, she's bought her own house. There's just two of us. There's never been just two of us. Mm. It's so exciting. Mm. Because I'm not with, I don't feel invisible. I'm not with a man I've been with for 30 years who who there's no there's no boredom. We're still arguably learning about. I mean, we've been we've been married 4 years and happily, you know, we've been together 16 years and um and it's good. Everything, everything's good. Um, so it's a very, very exciting time. So middle age for me has meant freedom. It's meant freedom from restrictions, from financial restrictions. It's meant um, children grown up and le- and leaving the the house. And I didn't really have an awful lot of that grieving when the children left. They were happy to go. I was happy to let them. Mm-hmm. Um, wings to fly roots to come back to yeah so sunday last sunday they're all sat around the kitchen table and i was like i was the happiest alex always says look at mum she's always she's happy because all the chickies are in the pen it's I, like it's true all my chickens are in the pen and do you, i can relate to yeah. that last Sun- week yeah last week we were in the same position so caitlin had handed a dissertation in on the friday yay yay and we were proofreading at yeah. two o'clock on friday morning in the, um and so she came home saturday and then i'd been here in the studio recording a podcast and i'd just left and i got a phone call from freya so freya went um where are you mom i went oh i'm in the car she went oh whereabouts i said i'm in huddersfield and she went oh i was i'm i'm six minutes away from lomar station and i was like oh <gasps> Freya, 
because she's been in London since September. I've seen her, you know, two or three times since. But I was just like, oh. So they all, I had my whole family back together last weekend. Honestly. best feeling. It really is. is. It's the best feeling. You can't describe it, can you? No, you can't. Absolutely not. And I go so long and then I I need all my chickens in the pan. I need them all. You know, around the kitchen table because Alex is in a wonderful relationship with Louis. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quite happy. So, so middle age for me means means time to travel, time to breathe. Yeah. Paid my taxes, brought my children up, tried to do the right thing, and it's it's our turn. Yeah, I agree. It's it's our turn, ladies. Let's let's go go go. Big up middle age. Big up middle age. Bring <laughs> it on. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Oh, thanks so much, Karen. Now, I always end the podcast with a fact of the day. Oh, okay. And (laughs) I've been saving this fact, especially for our conversation. It has no bearing relationship whatsoever to do with our conversation, but I just wanted to share it with you. That's fine. Okay, bring it on. Did you know, Karen, that a woman's clitoris grows throughout her lifetime this means that many women in their 40s and 50s have stronger orgasms than they did Uh when they were in the teens and 20s absolutely yes 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 Yes. uh my clitoris didn't get the memo (laughs) (laughs) alex is rubbing his head (laughs) brilliant (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure. (laughs) 